you're sitting here maybe and you, you haven't surrendered your life to Christ yet, uh, this altar, you, you're walking on the altar, I'll pray with you right now. Give your life to Christ. Because time is short. We have to understand that uh, being a good person doesn't get us to heaven. Uh, it, it's surrendering our life to Jesus, receiving Him as, as our Savior and Lord, accepting that penalty He paid on the cross for you and I. And then turn away from our our worldly sinful desires and follow Jesus. But a day will come, if He's moving on your heart right now, a day will come, that moving will no longer be on your heart. Understand that. You say, well, maybe tomorrow, next week, next month. No. Because it's the Spirit of God that draws people. If He's drawing you right now, if He's, you say, man, today's the day. Man, this altar is open for you. And if I'm bringing out the message today, and you're, oh, I need the Lord. He's coming out here and kneel down and talk to God. Because this is real, guys. This is this is really real. What Christ did for us on the cross. And what we're celebrating now, the greatest gift mankind ever knew. Whoever know, and that's the gift of salvation. You know? I know there's plenty of folks today in hell we should have one more time. Uh, we should have answered the altar to call the Lord. I don't want to see anybody perish. And if I don't want to see anybody perish, how much more does your Heavenly Father who loves us through all our stuff we've been through in our lifetime, He still loves and cares for us. And you know, I always say, if you got any questions about salvation, what it means to be surrendered to the Lord, and we always gather here after the service. We always have a bite to eat. Amen? Uh, maybe a couple bites, you know. But I'll answer any questions I can, the best I can. God, when you make a decision, not just because you want to, I don't want to do this, just to get them off my back. It has to be from the heart. And if He's moving on you today, I don't want to stop that. Because who knows, we're going to not be here next week. We're so close to the Lord coming. Coming like this. And He's taking the church out of here. He's taking the followers of Jesus. There's a sword out there. We're going to be gone. That restrainer, which is the Holy Spirit that lives in us, but we were singing about this a moment again, a moment ago. It's going to, as we go, it goes also. There still be 144,000 people sealed with the Holy Spirit. They will be ministering to the Israelites or Jews. But man, for what we have today, uh, that conviction and that desire, man, it's not going to be very strong at all. And it's going to happen. Not one thing else has to take place before the coming of the Lord for this church. Myself, I look at anybody that's been reading the scripture for a while, you can look at the world and see how bad it is. I mean, who ever thought ten years ago the world be like it is today? <laughs> Amen. And we still haven't seen what's really gonna be like in the tribulation period. You know, it's gonna be really ugly. So we need to turn our backs on this world and turn with Christ and follow him. He's the only hope that we have and He's the only hope that this world has. And, you know, today, you know, we celebrate Advent. Some churches do, some don't. Some people think it's old-fashioned. I'm kind of old-fashioned at times, okay? But Advent is four weeks before Christmas that we take time out of our busy lives, especially if we do it at home. And we have an Advent wreath. I explained that last week, how the, the green, greenness of the wreath reminds of eternal life. That God had no beginning, no end. And the four candles represents the four 
year or 400 years that Christ, or shall we say, the Holy Spirit was silence. You know, Malachi spoke and it was quiet. He told about the Messiah coming, and it's 400 years basically before he spoke again, and Jesus came. And so last week we looked at the hope that Jesus gives us, and today we're going to look at the peace. A peace that He brings to our life. And all this turmoil, how can you have peace? Well, I was learned today, the peace that we have, Christ gave it to us. Amen. And the peace that the world offers us is based upon this and this and this and this and this and this. And it goes up and down, up and down. And so if your peace that you have in the Lord, or maybe put it this way, if you don't have peace at this time in your life, Draw closer to Christ. Listen to His scriptures. You know the hope. Last week we talked about the hope that Christ is for us. We find that scripture. He says, "This is what I do." That's sudden down. That's my hope. If I don't see it materialize today, it doesn't change my hope. Isn't the Master's timing always perfect? You ever have messed up timing? Yeah, I think we all had that. Amen. But again, there is time of season. We call it the Christmas season. Just slowing down and taking a moment to realize that this perfect gift that we celebrate in Jesus. And sometimes every one of us can get frustrated. We can get upset. Uh, <laughs> Bonnie, don't look at Ned. He wasn't upset up here. He was just... <laughs> but the time of, uh, of the year, just to slow down and remember who, who lives in us. You know, when he was talking last week about the hope, that hope, which is Christ Jesus, lives in us. You know that? And we concentrate on His Word, that hope just grows more and more in our lives. And today we talk about the peace that He has. And, and today the, the readings I have is coming from the, the Passion Translation. Uh, the last 18 years I've shared these uh, through the New American Standard, sometimes the NIV, and sometimes uh, New King James. And, uh, and this uh, this year we're doing the... Uh, the passion on this part of it. In John fourteen twenty seven, the Word of God reminds us, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, Jesus says, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but, my, but by my perfect peace. Don't yield to the fear or to be troubled in your hearts. Instead, he says to be courageous. And today we see the the peace thing going back and forth to Israel and Hamas back and forth and other countries and stuff. And how many times do we find a peace agreement and then it's broken again? Find one and broken again. But the agreement we have of God through His Son, Jesus Christ, that peace is everlasting if we allow it to consume us. Amen? And His peace comes by reading His Word, believing His Word, and then following His Word. You know that? It's, it's we kind of like I don't know. Uh, there's a Dave Ramsey out there that does uh, money things. Uh, anybody familiar with him? Uh, he teaches you how to spend your money correctly. And, say, and I guess he's awesome. Uh, I have no money to spend correctly. But uh, but anyway, <laughs> what have I listened to? <laughs> oh, I had that coming, didn't I? Fred, you're laughing too much now. <laughs> you're right. But what it is, and I, I, I know fam, family people who went through it and stuff. It's an awesome program. But you listen to it. He, he teaches you how you pay off your bills, control your spending, and he tells you to spend off the, the smallest amount that you owe on different ones first. And I'm not sure how you do it. Uh, but can you imagine listening to that 
and then walking away and going down and, and continuing to charge and charge and charge. And I shared years ago that somebody decided it was a good idea to give all the deputies a credit card. Bank of America sent them in. It was like 1979. $5,000 credit limit. And the interest rate was like 4%, which compared to 18 was fantastic. What a great deal, right? I mean, you pay off your old credit cards, you get a lower interest rate. Yeah, you're right. Within a year, almost full again. You know what I'm saying? That discipline part of it, you got to hang on to it. And it's not yielded temptations. But we look at the Word of God, and that peace comes to us as we hear His Word. But then we are obedient to His Word. Amen? I mean, have you ever... Uh, you know, follow the master and you did something, you know you shouldn't do it, but you did it anyway. And next thing you know, you don't have that peace anymore, do you? What do we do? Repent from it, turn back to it, and keep on going with it. Amen. Not giving up. Now, after a while, I do believe, we get to the point where we don't like the way we feel when we're going against God's Word. And, and repenting and, and restoration with him again. We get to the point, hey, listen, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to fall out of temptation. And Fernando, if you're the one I'm hanging out with who calls me down that road, eh, I'm going to separate myself from you. And they make, I don't want nothing still at peace to uh, me and my God. Romans 5.1. Again, this is in the uh, Passion Translation. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for us. Peace. I mean, he, we walk under the righteousness of Christ. Amen. When we're born again, we are righteous, not because of us, because of Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Stuff done in the past, the stuff He delivered from in, we've been forgiven of that. He declares us to be perfect because of Jesus. Amen? And, and that should lift us up pretty good, don't you think? On those days you're feeling kind of down and out, you start remembering, or Satan tries to cause you to remember the stuff you used to do, and now God looks at you and says, man, you are righteous. You are righteous because of Jesus. That stuff has been forgiven. And that should bring a peace to us. Yeah. Now we gotta watch out. If we're doing the same thing that we used to do, but now we do it under the blood of Jesus, uh, it's still a sin. Amen. And that's very popular with folks in some places you go and once saved, always saved, and folks it's it doesn't work that way. Okay? Yes, you're born again as you give your life to Christ and you follow in Jesus. But if you're going back and you're doing the same thing today that you did before you got born again, which is a sin, uh, no, you're not. You're not walking with the Master in the stand. That's a very bad place to be at. Because the wages of sin is still the same today as it was before you got born again. There's a difference, I've said before, resisting the devil and holding hands with the devil. If you're holding hands with him, then that's where you're going to go. But if you're resisting and fighting him, that temptation, and you're praying out to God, calling out to God, and he's showing you all these things that overcome this temptation, that's where you want to be at. Amen? Mm-hmm. John 10.10 10. A thief has, has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. Wow, that's it. 
Anything outside the Word of God, anything that's in contrary to the Word of God, it's there for, for one reason, to steal your joy, steal your peace, steal your hope, to slaughter any, any, anything you would have of a, of a better life, and not just destroy you, but destroy your family. But Jesus said, now, I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life and its fullness, until you overflow. That's what God and Christ has come to do. So which is two is the best places to be? The thief, following the thief, or following Jesus? Following Jesus, right? And if you're following Jesus, that should give you a peace in your heart, right? Amen. And give it to the overflowing. Why? Because once they overflow, then you have the share of others. God's love to other people and help other people. And it goes on and on and on that way. Amen? John sixteen thirty three. He says, and everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you the great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world you have experienced trouble and sorrow, but you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. Oh man, again, that was John sixteen thirty-three. I've taught you so that the peace which is in me will be in you. And give you great confidence as you rest in me. Resting in the Word of God. Following the Word of God. That, that's where your peace comes from. Amen? Okay. Right. Amen. Must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. I mean, brave. And the word courageous is means strong. Again, not wanting to go back to the temptations of this world. you got to draw that line and say, I'm not going to cross that line. Lord, help me. And He'll help you. If you have that desire in your heart, man, He is there. But we got to stand up against falling into the temptations and the sins of the world. First Peter 5, 6, He says, If you bow low in God's awesome presence, He will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in His hands. Hmm. How many times have you been passed over at your job for a promotion? How many times people look down at you because of this or that? Because you follow Jesus. Some people don't like you because you're a Christian. You follow Him. But I'm telling you, God says you continue to, to honor Him, to glorify Him. His timing is perfect. He will exalt you for His glory. Again, we shared before, it's kind of like, oh man, you've been through this and this, they treated you this way and this way, and you continue to honor the Lord, and you continue to do what you're supposed to do at work, and now, wow, look at you, you're the boss, you're the foreman, or whatever the, the lifting He has for you. All this is done for His glory. Romans 8.31 so, so what does this all mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? Anybody more powerful than God? No, more loving than Jesus? And if He has decided, and Romans 8, 31 says, I'm going to stand with you. There's nothing in this world can come against you that God cannot handle. Amen? Again, it goes back to the word you said earlier, being courageous. Standing, being sold out to Him. That being sold out to God. 
But man, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going back to where I came from. He's delivered me. He loves me. He's forgiven me. He's covered me. I am not going. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing better than God in this world. That's where, that's where your peace comes from. Hey, I'm done with this stuff. I'm done with it. I'm following Him. Thank you, Lord. You lay your head down at night and you think, oh man, this person here and this person here. No. A lot of times folks treat you the way they do because they don't know Jesus yet. Amen? So you remember He says, pray for your enemies. So you get upset with the enemies. Oh Lord, I was looking up the day and I just pray, Father, that, that you just send workers across their path. I'll witness to them in such a way that they will come out of darkness into light. Thank you, Jesus. Now, that peace that you talked about will come over you right there because you've done what He's wanted you to do. Pray for your enemies. Amen? God's heart is that no one would perish. So we, you can't do the things that God says to do without having a peace in your life. Isaiah fifty four seventeen, And... The Passion Translation does not have the Old Testament, and not all of it yet. So, in the New American Standard, it says, No weapon formed against us will prosper. Now, to me, that's a good reminder because it says, No weapon formed. So, be weapons is going to be formed against us. Things will be coming against us. But we stand on the Lord, and we stand on His Word. He's standing right there. They will not prosper. They will not do what they intended to do. Now, if you're standing here right now, and uh, let's say Fred's coming after me uh, with a sword. Now I got my sword. And he's getting closer. Boy, we've both been trained. But the closer he gets to me, his sword's a lot bigger than mine. Oh, my. And, and so instead of standing there and, 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 and coming against them, I throw it down and run. Oh. I forgot that no weapon formed against me will ever prosper if I stand and hold my sword, and who knows, maybe Fred gets closer to me, he'll throw his down. How would I know if I don't stand there? That's the same way of God, with His Word. Things will come against you. Satan will try to shake your world. Understand that he will try to shake you. And the closer we get the coming of the Master, the more you're going to try to shake your, shake your world. But you stand in His Word, and you cut no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Why? Because greater he is in me. Amen? So we stand on that word, no matter how close they get. And I tell you what, we've been in some scraps before in law enforcement, and the enemy gets right up in your face. But we had took a sworn oath that we were going to do our jobs. And I'm telling you what, we stood there and we have never lost a battle, have we, Fred? Never have. Never have. And that's the way with God. It's going to get scary. Okay, God, I'm, I'm relying on you. Okay, okay. But he's right there. He just told you he's never going to leave you. Amen. So we stand there and watch that weapon formed against you be annihilated. In fact, God will turn it around and use it to thump the devil over the head with it. He's done that many, many, many times. But we just got to have that confidence, have that strength. And that's why it's really important to, to be in the Word, be around brothers and sisters, to be encouraged, to encourage one another. First John 4.4 4. Now this is back in the Passion. It says, Little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them. For the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. Can we just touch on that a minute ago? To recognize who is in you. Charlie, Christ is in there. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, I mean, long we've got in the place, there's still the old Starkey floating around there somewhere. He, he is. Amen. 
But I got a new spirit, which is conquering the old Starkey. And that old Starkey doesn't wake up like he used to. Okay? That's who's in it. What's that? Amen. Exactly. And we recognize that in here, he's still there somewhere, but less of him is, is coming out and more of Christ is coming out. It reminds me that greater he is living in me. Okay, Lord, I can do this. We, we get to the point sometimes, God, I can't do this, but Christ in me can. Amen. That's how we get through another day. That's how we do what he's called us to do. That's how we, we share the love of Christ with one another. Mm. Matthew 28, 20. He's got a couple more yet. I only got a couple more yet. I know. Matthew 28, 20. Slow down. He says, And teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. More encouragement from the Master. Jesus is saying, Listen, teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. Faithfully follow. And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. And that's where our peace comes in. And you get back to me. Faithfully follow. You know, earlier we had that song where I was up there doing peace. and I mean, five minutes I've been wiped out. Amen? I'm telling you, I used to tell it. I couldn't. It used to be me and Daryl do that together. No problem at all, but now... Mm. Now, if I want to do that longer and longer... What would I have to do? Practice. Uh, or, somebody knows the word, exercise. Yes. Yes. Oh. So, Carol would come to me and say, listen, next month, January, the second Sunday, January, we're going to do that song again. <laughs> listen, Stark, you better exercise. You better get yourself in shape. You're going to boom. Now, I've got a choice, don't I? I can exercise, you ready for it, you know, or I can just put it off, okay? If I put it off, mm, that's up to me. But she'd already give me a warning, right? Right, Carol? You gave me that warning. Now, do you think she told me that in advance to humiliate me? Do you think she would have told me that in advance, uh, make fun of the, the old fat man. <laughs> no, do you see somewhere in there, hey, Starkey, you just barely made it through this Sunday. We're going to do it again the other month. But you're going to have to do some exercise and you got to get your, your metabolism more. Oh, wow. Out of love. I mean, she won't even look much of a fool in front of my congregation. You know what I'm saying? Should I be mad at her? Should I be upset my wife because she gave me a heads up? No. Should I be very thankful because she did that? Amen. Well, it goes back here to what the Scripture tells us. And, and he's talking to the disciples, and we are disciples. We are followers of Jesus. Amen. And he says, And teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. Okay. So faithfully follow. So if someone isn't following what the Scripture says to do, then we are to Lovingly, politely bring it out to folks. Hey, listen, that isn't what the Scripture says. Now, should a person get upset, get mad when you do that? I got one no, and somebody said, I'm not sure. 
No. Didn't the scripture say faithfully? To teach them faithfully to follow. And as we mature in the Lord, that's what we want to do. Again, so you tell me that you're going to follow Jesus. Amen? Oh, wait. Well, I don't have a Bible with me today. <laughs> oh. Right there, Fernando, you want to follow Jesus. Is right here on Sundays. Can I eat hot sauce? Okay. Now, can you get mad at me because I told you that? Or you can, you want to, right? But didn't you tell me you want to follow the Master, the Jesus? You want more of Him, less of you? Well, hey, hey this is it. Now, if you get upset with me, it doesn't change the word any. It doesn't change a thing, does it? Amen. Amen. Now, you might get upset enough where you don't even want to listen and talk to me anymore. Does the Master want that? No, He said, come to reason together. Be together, you know? Faithfully destroyed. And a lot of folks have departed some areas of life because not faithfully following the Lord. But see, I did, again, it goes back to if you say, if you tell me I'm a Christian, I'm going to follow Jesus, boom, I'm going to share the Word of God with you, encourage you with that. And you're going to do the same thing for me, right? Amen? Because I might be a pastor, but number one thing is, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus before I'm anything else. Before I'm a husband or a father or, or anything. And so you owe it to me to bring it to me. I owe it to you. And we should always rejoice. It's sometimes hard to swallow a pill or two. Oh, wait. Turn the page. Oh, that was oh, yeah, better. Okay. But faithfully, guys. And again, encouraging one another. Never be offended if somebody brings something to your attention. Always look at it and say, oh. Well, let me think. Pray about it. Seek, seek the God's wisdom. I said that many times when I live about Fred. Fred and I, we don't call much. We text back and forth or no. We email. That's what it is. Yeah. And we get this different views back. And some of the other guys do the same thing. Hey, Pastor, what do you think of this? How about this? That's how we grow. Amen? Wow. Don't ever be afraid to do that. Mm. And then Matthew eighteen twenty. Now, we was at twenty eight twenty. This is eighteen twenty. Don't throw you off here. He said, For wherever two or three come together and honor my name, I am right there with them. Wow. And he goes back to we said before, one of us calls a thousand to flee, two, ten thousand. How much can a congregation do when come together in one accord, faith in Jesus, speaking out the word of God? There's nothing that we cannot do. Amen? And so we gotta realize that when you're down out, you're by yourself, like, oh man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Oh remember that. Okay, well, brother and sister, I need to agree with me on this. Can you agree with me on this? And they say, well, I'm not too sure. So, okay, well, let me call somebody else. Because your faith might be solid somewhere because God's brought you through this. And God brought me through this, my faith. But maybe He didn't bring me through this. I'm not quite sure. When you ask me, can you pray for me for this? Well, I just don't see it that way. And I just... Find someone else to pray with you. And I'm not talking about myself, but individuals. Because we're all at different stages of our walk with Jesus. Amen? Some of us, we have walked through a bunch of stuff. Other ones are just starting out. And when someone wants you to be a prayer partner in agreement, uh, maybe your faith isn't quite there yet. And there's nothing wrong with that. Amen? Uh, you ain't going back here to, to me up here doing my faith and a mountain, that kind of stuff. Hey, Carol, say, we're going to do 10 minutes a day. I'm not there yet. We'll do it two minutes a day. 
and we'll go from there. Being honest with myself, okay? Now I had no idea she was playing that today. If I did, I'd say back there I never would have came up because I didn't know. But again, to encourage one another. And Luke 11, verse 9 and 10. The Master says, So it is with your prayers. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll discover. Knock on heaven's door and it will one day open for you. Every persistent person will get what he asked for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he needs. And everyone who knocked persistently will one day find an open door. And that's his promise to us. What I love about that is he says, now be persistent. And what happens sometimes when you know, you just know that what you want, right? You know, and you start talking to the Lord, you start praying about it, you know. And as you pray and seek Him, and it could be over maybe a couple, several weeks, He might start bringing out to you, ah, okay. You got a little bit of a, you're being a little bit uh, self-centered in this, Darkie. Go back to my wife. You know, she's talked about before. She always prayed for me to be born again. Not really that she wanted to see me in hell. She wanted her husband to come to church with her and the kids. Okay? And then as she continued that, and she'll tell you, and again, I'm not talking about her. She's shared this many times. But she continued to pray for me. God saw her showing her heart. And her heart should be, hey, you better pray for your husband that he will not taste the flames of hell. And not because he won't sit beside you in church. And she realized that. And she said, no, she didn't want to see me in hell. But that wasn't her, her heart for her prayers. And so she started changing, seriously praying for my salvation. And very shortly after he started doing that, there I was. Show the motivation of the heart. Yeah, yeah. Amen. But the persistent part of it is that he said, now, keep begging me. Yeah, beg a little bit more. No. It shows that His timing is perfect. Amen? And so a lot of us, if we got the things we prayed for right then, it had been terrible timing because we would not apply it to how God wants it. If I put it that way. How many people want riches? How many people want money? Now, put it this way, there's nothing wrong with money. That's how society functions, right? Okay? It goes back to the motivation behind it. The thing, the more money you make, or you have, the more money you have to work with, bless others with, extend the, the gospel around the world, uh, drill more wells in Africa, uh, or it could be for you financially. Boy, you know, I need this or this, God, to, to survive. And I said, and God, I know that you'll provide my needs to rich and glory in Christ Jesus. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And the things that I need will be added to me. So God, you know what I need? So whether you're going to give me the money to get it, you're going to have to show up my doorstep, somebody's going to call me, I know I've got what I need. I want to thank you in advance for that. I've sure that many times. We prayed before. Ten minutes later, the phone rang and somebody gave me a new washing machine because we didn't have a washing machine. But I just spoke out the words of God, you know. So. But again, going back to it, that knowing that His Word is true and it's a delay and what's taking place in your life, first thing I do is check myself. Am I still in the covenant of God? Or let me put it this way, I'm still in right standing with Him. I'm still born again, but is there something in my life God is trying to show me that needs to be removed, you know? Uh, or maybe what I'm praying for isn't the correct thing. But He'll, he'll show that to us. Amen? I mean, you can ask me, well, what do you think, preacher? you think uh, 
this is the right thing to pray for? Well, let's, uh, I'll walk through your motives for it. But God will lead you. He'll speak to you. And we follow what He says to do. Amen. And in, in, in Luke 1, verse 26 to 38, it's talking about Mary. It's talking about Mary when the angel of the Lord came upon her and said, hey, you found favor in God's eyes. I mean, think of that. She's read the Scripture. Her daddy was a priest. She, they've all heard about how the virgin will give birth to Jesus. And all of a sudden, man, this angel shows up and speaks to her. And the peace that came over her. Nervousness? Oh, yeah. Why me? I mean, I've never known a guy yet. A virgin will give birth to a child. And then the scripture says, the minute she says, as you have said, shall be in my life, a peace came over her. Now, if she would have said, well, I thank you for offering me the job, but I don't want to take it. A peace would have came over her also. It's, I'm being undecisive, undecisive what to do with the Word of God. And she accepted it. And man, what a peace she had. And here we are today, man. But that's the same way. Sometimes God will give you an opportunity to do something. And it's a good thing to do. But you have a choice. And you're going to be in turmoil until you decide, oh, I want to do what I want to do. And the minute you make your decision, that peace will come over you. If you decide, well, Lord, I don't want to go there. And if there's an option to you, okay, it wasn't something God said, you got to do this. Well, many say yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to Hungary or wherever. We have that peace over you. Now, don't get that misconstrued by God tell you, hey, don't do that, and you decide I'm gonna do it anyway, and you're not gonna have any peace, amen, because you go against the word of God. But many say, oh God, oh, I ain't supposed to do that. Yet. Forgive me. Ah, that peace will be in you. That's the difference. God will give us options to do things, Charlie, that you can do either way. It's not, he's, not, he's not actually a sin. You want this? This. Fernando, you want a red Corvette? You want a blue Corvette? It's up to you. Okay? Oh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Man, which one would we read it once? You'll probably drive it the most. Oh, amazing. Okay. But the money make that decision, you have that peace. Oh, I made that decision. Thank you, Lord. And uh, that's a piece that He gives us is our explanation and peace. So. Anybody here have an example of peace that God's given you in times of turmoil? I find it myself. You have something you want to do. You know you got to do it, but boy, you just don't want to do it. And it's, I don't you know, you put it off for a day or two, you know. Uh, I remember when, you got, when you're working, you got to talk to people and stuff. That's been 20 years ago. But, uh, you know what you got to share with somebody in law enforcement. They ain't going to like it too well. Nobody likes getting a ticket. You know what I'm saying? Uh, in fact, but I did have one person one time thank me for getting a, a citation because they shouldn't survive the accident and they were glad to get the ticket probably the only time Fred ever got to thank you for giving the ticket out there but I find out that just do it if you have something you got to do just do it then get it over with and let that peace come upon you say where's the master you know, just do what he says I want to follow you Lord and let that peace come over you and your peace will be radiant around people around you because, you know, 
we go all go through a lot of stuff. A lot of people know some of the stuff you're going through. Some stuff you go through is very private. But men, to see that even through the turmoils in life, we have a peace with us. People come to you someday and ask you, tell me about your peace that you have. That's what Jim Gross years ago. I mean, he had nothing. He's so peaceful, uplifting. I want what you have. And about five years later, I got it. <laughs> it's called Jesus. Amen. Well, may the good Lord bless you and keep you. May he call his face that shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face toward you and give you that peace we just spoke about. May the blessing that God handed down to Abraham rest upon you and your household and your children's 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 children. May all that we do bring glory to our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.